Hello. <laughs> Hello. No chips? What kind of joint are you running here? <laughs> I do have chips. Do you want them? <laughs> Hang on. Oh, lordy. Well, now I've said it, I want them. Okay, ready for this? Boom shakalaka. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the Royal Gossip Podcast with Kate and Joe. I am Kate or Joe, <laughs> and so are you, darling. Oh, no, no, I'm Catherine today. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Kate turned up here in a wig, dressed up as the Duchess of Cambridge. If she hit on unfortunate times. No, not at all. <laughs> Maybe mentally. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and Joey Jojo wouldn't cosplay with No, well, listen, things are tough enough without us photographing me. <laughs> I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> well, you know, we will be cosplaying uh, Beatrice and Eugenie in coming weeks. Oh, so. spoilers. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, we might have to cut that out. We will be... Some, there's a lot coming up. Yeah, we're cosplaying other people yes. coming up. So cut that out. <laughs> also, in particular, hello to our sexy patrons. Hello, darlings. Yes, that'll be another exciting thing that we'll be doing on the Patreon, which you will have just heard our advertisement before this very show for. And go to patreon.com slash royalgosspod to join us every week. This very day, we'll be going up episode two of our continuing commentary of The Crown with exciting historical specials and other stuff yet to be pulled out of our collective ass to be... Uh, <laughs> Historical and hysterical based on the tone of your voice today. Well, listen, no, I'm fine. Everything's going great. Yes. I feel co comforted and secure. Yes. I, and my personal hygiene is beyond reproach. <laughs> All right. Okay. Happy birthday, Princess Eugenie. Oh, it's her birthday. She had a birthday and celebrated by giving us a couple of uh, photos of little August. Oh, that's what I saw in my Twitter feed. Who is a funny little potato-headed person. <laughs> I mean, he's a baby. What else is he going to look like? And he's an English baby, so he'll be extra potato-y. He did look quite sweet, so uh, good for them. Yeah. And speaking of congratulations, mm -hmm. the biggest news of the week, obviously. Yes. Congratulations to Zara and Mike, finally yes. having a boy. Finally? Well, that's what, that's what Mike's been going on about, is having a son. Oh, Okay. And I think it's at one point he intimated that after they had a boy, he'd be for the snip. Oh. That it'd be mission completed on that front. Oh, so. my goodness. So we've got royal members of the royal family talking about their genitals. That's not good. Well, could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, no, we're not in, we've decided just to never mention Prince Andrew again, really. I mean, yeah, what yeah. is there to say? No, no. Fuck off, Andrew. Hand yourself into the FBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, He's still he's still on the loose, I guess. Yeah. Lucas Philip. Who's that? That's the baby's name. Oh, Lucas oh, Philip <laughs> I obviously didn't. Uh... This is late breaking news. Okay. All right. Eight pounds four ounces. Oh, that's a good size. And I'm assuming it wasn't too hard because they didn't even make it to the hospital. Yes, I did. Had him that. on the bathroom floor. My goodness. So I have to, I'm assuming then that, if, I mean, if quick is easy when it comes to having a baby, surely. I yeah, mean, one, one would hope so. I mean, at least if you're in the bathroom, you're in the right place. 
Well, he can hose the floor off. Yeah, I was going to say, we're dreadful, but yes, you can hose the floor down. So Lucas is the Queen and Prince Philip's 10th great-grandchild. Oh my goodness. And he's not a prince, which is obvious proof that they hate white people. No, he was never going to be, because he's not in the direct line. Oh really? Okay, is that how that works? I didn't know. Edward V. It was the George V protocol. George V, you know. That's what I said. That's what you said. That's what Stop they, gaslighting that's me. That's what they all say. You're just saying that because I'm the future Queen of England and I'm beautiful. <laughs> don't look at me like that. Well, I could be. Our listeners don't know otherwise. You, well, no, you are beautiful. That's, <laughs> that's not the part I'm incredulous about. <laughs> How I managed to get myself into a size six dress, I know. It's amazing. As far as they know, that's, that's the truth. <laughs> Anything could be happening. It's the magic of radio. Mm. No, no, well, Zara doesn't have a title. Um, and I wouldn't imagine that he would get one either. No. Uh, but he is still in the line of succession. Yes, true. Mm. Go on, say it. If there's a King Ralph scenario... <laughs> I thought I wasn't allowed to know. say that. But yeah, you know, never just... know. I mean, they could all get together for a photograph and boom! You oh, know? you think that will be the literal <laughs> scenario, that they'll be electrocuted in a group photo? Well, I think when you're getting out to that sort of level of family member, that sort of extension, you've got to have a pretty big crisis to have happen. And one can't imagine that, you know... <laughs> I can't even believe I'm discussing this yet again. Don't make that face. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. The Queen announced, obviously, her delight at the birth of her 10th great-grandchild. Mm-hmm. So, good for her. And... She also sent flowers to the hospital that cared for Prince Philip as part of the National Day of Reflection in England, oh. where everybody reflected on everyone who's died in the pandy. Wow, that would have been a lot. Yikes. Yeah, because they've had, I mean, not to the extent of America, though apparently if you break it down by uh, per capita, they've had more than America. Oh, God, really? Yeah. I thought America was pretty catastrophic. Yeah, but um, they've got a smaller population than America, but, you know, um, percentage-wise, a bigger number of casualties. And, of course, they've got all the the long COVID patients there that um, something like uh, two-thirds of COVID um, uh, people who've had COVID will be back in hospital in England within three months of leaving for, you know, some of the secondary sort of... Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, someone was telling me, maybe it was probably you, that um, just because people survive, quote-unquote, mm. their initial COVID incident, mm. many of them are still fucked, I believe, is the, the medical yeah, term. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they didn't understand the... Not to get too medical, but the intubation thing... Um, COVID affected the lungs differently from other kinds of flus and things like that, and they intubated a lot of people incorrectly. So there's lung damage. There's people who had to have lung transplants. So it's been, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. You come out with lungs like glass, and um, they're sort of better about getting it. But even, like, literally in this last week, they found out that the blood clotting disorders that have been coming around as a result of COVID respond very negatively to warfarin and the other blood thinner. It was on the tip of my tongue and it's just gone. The two main things that you treat blood clots with. Sure. If you get a blood clot as a result of having COVID, it will be 10 times worse if they give you the two main treatments for blood clots. So (laughs) 
Well, that's- aren't you a ray of sunshine? <laughs> this is why I don't have a look at the actual news. No, but that's explaining why even we're somewhere, because people say, well, England's got this great social socialised medical system. Why isn't it working? It's because this has not responded to the usual treatments that everybody's right. learning at the same time, and that's why they've had such high death rates in London. Well, they had a ceremony at um, Bartholomew's at St. Bart's where uh, obviously Prince Philip was treated and the Queen sent them some flowers with a note reading in part. (laughs) You fuckers, why did you let him live? (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) God in heaven. Sorry, did I say that out loud? Sorry. I love Philip, but she didn't go up and see him in the hospital. Well, she knew he'd pull through or didn't. Who knows? She didn't seem too concerned. Maybe this wig is evil. <laughs> I have it's making you into your saucy brunette uh, alter Amy ego. Winehouse, yeah. Naughty Kate. Naughty Kate. Sorry, go ahead. And, you know, so this is evil Kate. I mean, <laughs> regular Kate's enough to deal with, so I can only imagine what would be going on uh, then. Uh, with the Queen and the flowers. Yes. She said, As we look forward to a brighter future together, today we pause and reflect on the grief and loss that continues to be felt by so many, and pay tribute to the immeasurable service of those who have supported us all. So good for her. Did you just say asshole? For us all. <laughs> oh, I, I don't say asshole. <laughs> I'm too feckin' fancy for that. <sighs> the Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall are in Greece. And when I heard that on the morning news... That was going to be terrible musical. I went the exact same way. <laughs> you think that that's bad? <laughs> Charles is playing Sandy. <laughs> oh, Lordy. What are they doing in Greece? It is the 200th anniversary of Greek independence. So they've gone on a royal visit there to do state dinners and be ushered around things and congratulate everybody. Of course, being the birthplace of the Prince of Wales's father, the lovely Prince Philip. Yes. He's gone back there, I guess, representing them to just take part in all the celebration that's going on over there. Ah. Yes, because Philip had to renounce all his titles when he left, so... Yes, he was in... He got smuggled out of the country in a fruit box. (laughs) Just the way you say things, you always make me giggle. I know. Now I'm going to be imagining Charles dressed up as Sandy going, you're the one that I want. You are the one I want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. (laughs) Now I can't, just honestly, can you? (laughs) I can see her, uh, Camilla as Sandy though, like, you know, those tight, unflattering curls, strap her into a pair of pleather pants. Oh my God. (laughs) Now I'm picturing her just looking like an EastEnders slag, <laughs> trying to do Sandy's nuff. <laughs> Christ almighty. And the Duchess was wearing a cute face mask that had uh, the Prince's little three feathers emblem on it. Oh, it was quite okay. nice. And so I don't think they're going to be in Greece very long, but they're doing all the regular stuff that you do in Greece. Drink coffee, pick up men. Oh, no, yeah. sorry, that was... Butt play was where I was headed <laughs> with that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Oh, uh, dear. Lordy. And the Princess Royal, also triumphant with her first grandson, yes. Oh. So did Peter and Amber not have... No, they've got two girls. Oh, and Zara's okay. got two girls. And now, finally, a boy. Oh, so that's her okay. first 
Lucas is her first grandson, and she was all over Cambridgeshire and the Cambridge area. Oh, yes. Where she ducked into Cambridge City Council and met with all the garbage guys and inspected their garbage trucks because she gets all the fun jobs. Oh, my God. That's not good. But also, like a lot of people, they've kept a service going through the horror mm. of the pandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has obviously made everything uh, harder for everybody. Yes, because that's the first thing that goes, like, you know, when I was working in that uh, city council and we had a rubbish strike many years ago and I had a man ring up from Yugoslavia and he was really distressed and he couldn't um, communicate effectively so we got the interpreter service on and oh, yes. what he was distressed about was that his bin hadn't been picked up and we were trying to explain to him that there was a council strike and he said um, through the interpreter that he'd come to Australia because one day the bins didn't come and then the next day the tanks rolled into town. Oh. And uh, so we were trying to explain to him there weren't going to be no, any tanks going to, <laughs> rolling going into the Bridge of Vegas. Escalate quite that dramatically here. No, no, but that is the first sign of, you know, society coming apart at the seams when the bins stop being collected. We all joke about it until our bin isn't collected and then we're like, Jesus yes. Christ, this was so stinky yesterday. I can't stay here another day. Well, I forgot to put the bloody thing out. I know, we just saw it. <laughs> Oh, wait, someone else must have put it out and I haven't brought it back in then. No, 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 we parked out near the rubbish. Oh, right. Yeah. Fascinating for everyone. <laughs> well, they got to know what goes on in the studio. We need more staff. Stop sexually harassing them, was what Phil said to me. <laughs> well, I'm self-employed, but I have been touching myself inappropriately. <laughs> Yes. Moving on to the sunshine of our love, their royal cutie pies, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Fake renewing their wedding vows this week. What? Well, listen, you should be the last one to bring up fake wedding vows. Oh, baby, you come for me with that. that. I'm going to come back at you. Oh, listen, we're going to get to all of that. They were. <laughs> yes, listeners, I'm eating chips. I'm sorry. But I like how you think making a face masks the noise of you eating chips. <laughs> like turning up the radio to cover that you farted. <laughs> uh, the Queen has appointed Prince William to be Lord High Commissioner of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland this year. And what an exciting position and what a useful meeting that is. What in the fuck have they got to decide about? Do you, Jimmy? I don't know. I think Scotland would really rather than England just fucks right off. Seems that way. Well, I haven't met a Scots person so far who said that, yes, yes, bring the, bring the royal family to us. Like, could you just not? Could well, you fucking Scots not? are not an argumentative uh, people, so <laughs> yes. I'll thank you not to impugn them with lies. I was really excited. I thought that there was a uh, – one of my um, great-grandparents was uh, Scottish, but – Turned out she was Irish, so I didn't have. Oh, to... I thought you were saying we thought she was Scottish, but it turned out she was just retarded. <laughs> oh my god! Can you stop saying that? Uh, <laughs> no, she was just Irish and argumentative. Right. Turned out they were just really drunk. <laughs> the Duke and Duchess visited Westminster Abbey, as you infer. Yes, and they slapped her into one of her um, uh, her fashion innovations. Another coat dress, and it was. Didn't you think it was nice? I thought it looked lovely. 
Yes, but it was a brocadey number and it was cream and she was meant to look, you know, they're walking down the aisle together, lovingly looking at each other, or at least she was lovingly looking at him. He was sort of checking out what was ever on the wall because he was not making eye contact with her. Oh, he's in his own world, honestly. He's probably thinking how many more minutes that he can get home and prune the rose garden. I don't, there's no way he was banging that ugly broad. You're going to have to let that one go. <laughs> she's not ugly. She's a model. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen a lot of photos of her and she ain't got... There's plenty of angles of her where you're like, ooh, <laughs> She's not that dazzling, that rose. Oh, well, and I can, as a great beauty, I feel <laughs> qualified to comment on the <laughs> facial structure of others. Oh, uh, So, yes, of course, Westminster Abbey is yet another place that's been turned into a vaccination centre with Poets Corner full of people getting the jab now. Do you think that's a good location? You think about it, you're like... Oh, I'm at a gravesite. Dead people. Lots of dead people who did a lot more than I've done at this age in their life. That's the existential crisis you get out of Westminster Abbey. <laughs> Don't you? When you go and go, oh, he died when he was 28 and he'd already published a compendium of all of his works, a retrospective. Well, we're still young and beautiful and we're kicking goals all over the place. So <laughs> really doesn't apply to us. And they were both wearing masks, so yes. good for them. I don't know the wherefores of when the Duchess doesn't wear a mask. I think it might be the security thing you're talking about. Mm. But also, there's no way they haven't secretly jumped the queue and all had the uh, vaccine, right? So then there'd be zero chance of her, A, giving it to someone or getting it from someone. Well, I would like to think, and I know I'm naive, but I would like to think that people would be responsible and follow the order of which they've received their vaccination schedule. But also the other thing is to... They can't afford to fuck up at this point. They can't afford to slip up. If they jumped a queue... Um, then why would she good. wear the mask? Because it makes people speculate, why do you not need to wear a mask? No, no. If you have any of the vaccines, mm-hmm. you can still transmit. You are still a shedder. You can still you transmit You can still it. carry the virus and give it to other people. Yes. They, even if you've had the vaccine. Even oh, if you've had both doses. They do What's not What's the have, point of the bloody vaccine then? Because it stops you from getting sick. Oh, right. Okay. Well, there is So that. they are still, there isn't a peer-reviewed journal yet article. They, as I said previously, that coming news coming out of Israel that I think it was the AstraZeneca um, is contributing towards... Um, immunity and reducing transmission but we won't know yet for a little so while. everybody has to keep wearing masks forever in any case if you... well until we find out until we have a full peer review of people getting their second dose because they've done clinical trials and it's been one of the reasons sorry to hijack this topic but one of the reasons that they've been able to see the side effects so quickly is because they've had to do a mass worldwide vaccination and it's very easy for people to actually catch the disease it's not like you know, they're going through and doing a smallpox vaccination and having to wait maybe a year or two to see if it works. People go out and catch it and they can see the effects of it. Um, so we should have peer-reviewed data in the next couple of months at least to know, you know, if you've got it. And if you, um, it can mean the difference between life and death for some people. So you can get sure. it and still get really sick, but you're not going to die from it. No. Um, and you might... You can still get really sick? Oh, if you are a person who has extreme immunocompromised um, 
issues, as one of my friends does. The doctor said, well, you were going to die if you didn't get this, but now, you know, you'll only just get very sick. For most people, apparently they'll just get the equivalent of a mild cold if they get sick at all. So, touch wood. It'll be, um, what's the word? It'll be all, all sweet for us. We'll Hunky-dory? Hunky-dory, that was the word I was looking for. Hunky-dory. We can well, all I mean, go it's back pretty to much, I mean, has anyone other. in this country got COVID at this point? Because I don't watch yeah. the news. Oh. Oh, Christ, what? You haven't heard. We've just had a new outbreak in Brisbane. Oh, so. what? <laughs> That's, that, oh, it's mm. going to be never-ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just about to start leaving the house on a regular basis, no, and now you that's weren't. ruined. <laughs> uh, so yes, the Duke and Duchess were also taking part in the day of reflection whilst at Westminster Abbey, doing a bit of reflecting themselves and lighting a candle. Because uh, we're in a very lucky situation in Australia oh, to have yeah. the pandemic be something that you have to be reminded is still going on. Except yeah. not if you watch the news. Obviously, you won't have any concept <laughs> what's going on. Moving on. Now, I noticed she laid a bouquet of daffodils. Was there um, indication yes. about who that was for, or was that just a general? I think that was just a general mm. in remembrance of everyone. Moving on to former family members. They're no longer Royal Highnesses. Lady Macbeth and her captive. Oh, dear. Impartial journalism. You're supposed to be reporting the facts. You said that you don't editorialise. You did! Last week! You I know I said that. That was after me going on an hour and a half long rant about them. <laughs> Which I'm sorry, we're going to finish today. I'm sick of talking about them too, but we now can't cut on the part where Prince Harry enters to the Oprah extravaganza. Okay. So you might want to put the chin strap on with that wig <laughs> so you don't pull it off and beat me to death with it. So... Prince Harry could earn up to £2 million a year in his new Tinder-style mental health app job. So basically this job, where he has been appointed Chief Impact Officer at BetterUp, BetterUp is basically like a Tinder in that it's an app on your phone that matches you up with a life coach. Mm -hmm. I think we should be on board with that. (laughs) Well, I mean, if anyone knows about handling their life and maintaining good relationships, it's Prince Henry, isn't it? (laughs) He's the very man to go to for that sort of thing. We'll get on to his incredible credentials in the mental health area. I would say walking away from a toxic environment where they uh, feed your wife to the media is uh, probably a sign of a healthy individual. Oh, we'll get to it. And at least the company website is using his royal title, which nobody else does. Mm. So that's unseemly. And how dare he do that? Does it say HRH? On the website, they've put up his profile as Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex. Well, that's correct. Nobody else does that, though, in their professional capacities. For example, both Beatrice and Eugenie have jobs at actual places. Oh, sweetheart, do you really want to go down this path? Because somebody's already beat beat you to this response. On Twitter. What, on their profiles, they, like, Beatrice calls herself Beatrice York? No, there is, they've... um, I was looking at a profile this morning. I've got one here. Do you want me to pull it up for you, baby? Because (laughs) You whip out anything you like, but I'm telling you. No, somebody actually pulled out and said, oh, you mean like here where it said Her Royal Highness Beatrice. Well, she is Her Royal Highness. Yes, but they had it on her work profile. And Princess Michael of Kent, in her latest published book, says Her Royal Highness Princess Michael of Kent on the book. Sure. But you're saying... They can't. Harry can't put it up on his work. Thing. Yeah, I'm just saying they've done that. That's how they've 
that put up his profile on there. And, and good for him, I say. <laughs> a hearty hip hip hooray to him for that. Oh, I'm sure you're uh, very excited about that. Wish them well. Another new role for Prince Harry. He's also joining the Aspen Institute, which is a creepy Orwellian think tank of lefty weirdos. <laughs> who have a new commission on information disorder. And all these people who think they're going to fix social media when what they're talking about is boiling down to how do we silence people I don't agree with, which, as we've discussed before, is just not how free speech works and is a terrifying, slippery slope. The difference between him and me is I believe in free speech and I wouldn't want to silence people who don't agree with me. What do you I'm do? sorry, your microphone's not working. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what do you do, though? Seriously, when all the power it revolves with one man, Rupert Murdoch, and he makes puts someone in his target and just literally makes up lies, uncontested lies. Oh, well, the media go- versus social media are two different things. You're right about the media. I don't know what... Well, you have the kind of laws we once had against monopolies in the media mm. that uh, St. Kevin of Rudd is still trying to fight for with his Royal Commission into yeah. media ownership. But, uh, yes, there'll be a six-month study combating America's urgent mis- and disinformation challenge. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know where this post-truth world is getting to us, and it's not something that I can unpack with... A few sentences, so I shan't. Let's leave it to someone who really knows what they're talking about, a Prince Harry. Prince Harry wrote, As I've said, the experience of today's digital world has inundated us with an avalanche of misinformation, affecting our ability as individuals as well as societies to clearly and truly understand the world we live in. (laughs) That's quite a sentence. It's my belief that this is a humanitarian issue, and as such, it demands a multi-stakeholder response from advocacy voices, members of the media, academic researchers, and both government and civil society leaders. I'm eager to join this new Aspen Commission and look forward to working on a solution-oriented approach to the information disorder crisis. No fucking way he said that. (laughs) That sounds like it might have been written by a little, little someone else. Sounds like one of her never-ending run-ons buzzword sentences. Okay, then. Doth it not? Oh, I'm just going to agree with you all day today. Well, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> you have no, no, you're not. <laughs> okay. You do your job. Listen here, Missy. <laughs> you have a job to do here. And I don't want to go on bashing that pair forever, but we have to finish yes, out. Yes, you do. No, I, I, I honestly don't. I'm over it. And the last couple of weeks of discussing depression and... Suicide. Mm. Haven't been the greatest for Uncle Joe's mental health. Said, and I'm not even making jokes now. I was like, I'm surprised that talking about these things should always come with a trigger warning. Pretty fucking bummed out by the whole situation. Mm. But look, we have we can't skip over the part where Harry actually appears and the stuff that he said, because that was some of the worst stuff. So we'll just get through this today, and you <laughs> stop it. I can just tell by the look on your face that you're pulling <laughs> gags on me. Yeah, I do. This is stunts and shenanigans from you, and we haven't even started. I don't know what you're talking about. I couldn't possibly comment. So Harry enters the chat. Mm. The outfit he was wearing. Yes. I guess because he was going to cry poor, 
the idea was to put him into a cheap suit because he's wearing, I mean, he would have taken his clothes with him mm. and he has the finest clothes in the world. He's wearing does a he cheap... Though? Of course. But does he though? Like, I mean, I never looked at him and thought yeah, he was particularly every, well no, turned out. his clothes were tailored and fit him perfectly. As with every member of the royal family, of course he goes to his father's tailor. The family's been using the tailor for 400 fucking years. He wasn't wearing see... a lot of crappy off-the-rack clothes. Yeah. I've... And that was a cheap, tacky, off-the-rack suit and a pair of desert boots that didn't match it. Uh, I've never, I've, I've never I've seen, seen him dressed shoes. like that in his life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing that the Sussex squad sort of pointed out, the fact that they were his old shoes, but, you know, he wears them all the time when he's not officially working. So, I mean, he didn't go out and purposely buy a pair of old shoes. Like, they're his shoes. Yeah, I don't have a specific accusation about it. I just well, thought the, it was the other thing is strange. How, I mean, they're, they're thinking about everything. There would have been some sort of thought process as to why they dressed him up like that. He wouldn't have been able to get a new suit fitted because this whole COVID lockdown happened while he was out of England. Oh, no, true. No, absolutely. But so, he'd have suits that... He would have an entire set of suits for every occasion that would fit him perfectly and last forever. Well, maybe that is one of the suits and it's not a particularly nice one. Oh, no, that was a J. Crew off-the-rack suit. Somebody clocked it. You can buy it on the website. Maybe he's just not going to spend as much money on suits anymore. Now that he no, has no, no access. No, well, exactly. He's very frugal. How many crappers has he got? <laughs> it's a $14 million house with 16 crappers or $16 million no, house with 14 crappers. I can never remember. No, me neither. Uh, obviously, part of the deal was Oprah would get the exclusive of them revealing the gender of the baby because they mm. built that up and teased it throughout the show. Which made me remember when they put out their initial statement upon leaving. I know what you're going to say. That they would only work with grassroots organisations. Oh, did they? And no, up-and-coming they did young not. journalists, no, they, they didn't say that? They said they would work predominantly with that. Oh, predominantly. They, if you go back and read it, they didn't say they would work exclusively. They would say that they would pick and choose who they would work with. But they did specifically say they were never going to work with the Mirror or the Sun and... Oh, well, who could blame them? I mean, two other newspapers. Well, so. I mean, obviously, but they yeah, would people, be insane too. People were going, "Oh, they said they were going to only work with grassroots people." No, they didn't. They just said they were going to try wherever possible to work with those smaller organisations and pick and choose who they gave interviews to. Well, I mean, they've given a single interview, and it was with Oprah on CBS. Yes, but as somebody else pointed out today, not me, but uh, that's uh, Pagan Trelawney on Twitter. Thank you very much. Pointed out that. Why would they, if they had the opportunity to give one interview and not have to do any follow-up interviews or, you know, smaller things, why wouldn't you go with the biggest audience you could possibly get? And getting Oprah meant they only had to give that one interview and then that was done and dusted rather than having to go and, you know, do an interview with Carson Daly. Is he still giving interviews or is he dead? Carson Daly? Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like a person. It does, doesn't it? I don't know American reporters. Um, Vandenberg's son? You know, the guy that you wanted to be your future husband? No, I didn't. Didn't you? Who else was that then? Oh, you're talking about Anderson Cooper? Yeah, wouldn't you no, want him? Vanderbilt. He's a Vanderbilt. <laughs> He's a Vanderbilt. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, going to the biggest person on the planet in terms of interviews means that you get it out to the widest audience. You don't have to sit around and give 500 interviews after that. Um, you want the widest possible audience for your uh, baseless allegations. 
I've, no one has, has been able to successfully explain to me how anything I've said about them is wrong. And I've <laughs> oh, been, and I've I been more have than the list. To. I have the list here if you'd like to go through it. So we've had Megan set the agenda and lie several times, as I've pointed out before in the main part of the interview. She didn't lie. She lied about the skin tone... Archie being a prince story. That's a lie. You know that. No, as I kept going back and back over with you. All right. This is the last time I'm going to say this. Charlotte and Louis got given prince and prince, uh, princess and prince respectively earlier so that they would all be equal with George because George automatically got prince. Sure. They did not. Agreed. And the discussion was whether Archie would get his or not in line with the fact that the cousins got theirs early. And they were told, no, he's not going to get it early. And then they released to the media that Archie um, was just going to be known as Archie because Meghan and Harry had chosen not to give him a title, which was untrue. They wanted him to have a title and the announcement was made that he was not going to get a title. That was not their decision, and that's what she spelt out then. The fact that uh, Louis and Charlotte got Prince and um, Princess early, they bent the rules for them. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have bent the rules because it does mean that the siblings grow up equally. But then when you've got the other child who is entitled to be called Prince once um, Charles ascends to the crown and looks over to his cousins who shouldn't be called Prince and Princess either, they go, well, why aren't you bending the rules for me? Well, I think the Cambridges are the one exception, right? Well, then if, if people are going to go, oh, well, it's terrible that um, Megan expects to get that, then why did they do it for um, Charlotte and Louis? I mean, why didn't they do just say to them all? genuinely believe they did that because of the colour of Archie? I don't know why they did it. But she, but that's my point, is that she conflated the two. She put those two together and got Oprah to say, oh, so this decision, where there was no decision, there was just not an exception made for him, Wait, was because of the skin tone. Well, Megan came back and said, look, I don't know, but it doesn't look great when he's the first going to be the first kid that's, you know, coming up with his cousins and hasn't got a title. It, well, I mean, it's just the way it works. Mm. Well, then it should have worked that way for um, uh, Louis and Charlotte. Because she's, and as I say, she leads Oprah up to things and then gets Oprah to say them and then says, I don't know, what's a dig for? I'm just sitting here. Well, in the same way that you and say... And that is precisely that... what she did. Because when Harry comes out, Oprah says, what about this skin tone conversation? And Harry says, that was right at the beginning. So not only was that not about the title, Archie didn't even exist at that point when whoever said whatever they said. But we'll get to that as well. She interrupts him several times. She's got a hand, her hand on his hand, and you can see she squeezes it when it's time for him to shut up. Like that's how controlling. I think over you're him reading too much into that. I watched that again, and I think you're reading too much into that because mm. it feeds into my feeling of her trying to control the narrative. Yeah, but this is the whole thing. I mean, you say that you can't question someone who brings up suicide, and you can't question someone who brings up race. Aren't you by just blanketly declaring that she's a narcissist 
that every time, anytime you're trying to question anything, you go, oh, well, she she must be lying about it because she's a narcissist. Even if she was the most world's most extreme narcissist and there's no evidence to support that, I don't think there's any reliable evidence, those things still happened to her. All the stuff in the media still happened to her, the, the appalling way that she was treated, and you can see that in videos by Catherine and William, that happened to her. I mean... It yeah. doesn't matter whether she's a narcissist or not. You still treat people with decency and compassion and kindness. And they don't even, the, the media over there don't even go off that much about people who've murdered people. They don't go off that like that about Hitler. She's had four consistent years of that. And 99% of the people writing those stories never met her, had ever had anything to do with her, would not have a clue whether she was a narcissist or not are still going out and creating lies and creating this false narrative about her to, you know, create this um, false dichotomy between her and everybody else. And, you know, to the point that people go, well, you know, they can't, there can't be this many stories about her and not some of them be true. Yeah, actually they can create a whole fictional world, fictitious world, about, you know, where Megan exists as this evil um Wallace Simpson Mark II um, and then go, oh, of course she's leaving because she's a narcissist and she's trying to, you know, control him and get him out of the country. It's like, well, what's she supposed to do, leave and take Archie? And then it's like, oh, she got what she wanted, an anchor baby, and now she's out of here. Like there's no questioning of a narrative if we just say, okay, she's a narcissist and everything she does is a lie and we can't trust anything. Well, where do we go from there? We can't have a discussion if we can't talk about suicide and if we can't talk about um, race and if we can't talk about um, her being it, some of the experiences that she's describing at least some of them being true if we say everything she says, says is a lie and throws it out I mean where do we go from there how do we have a discussion about this I don't think everything she says is a lie mm -hmm. but once I feel I've caught you in a lie mm -hmm. you don't have the burden of you don't have the credibility I'm I'm going to be more sceptical of something she says. If I caught anyone out manipulating a situation like that, I'd go, wait a second, you really led someone down a path that you know isn't accurate. I don't know how, how what else to call that. In terms of the race thing, it's weird. She's the aggrieved party. I 100% agree with all of that. Her treatment in the press was racist. It was disgusting. It makes me sick. I don't think she's the devil. I don't hate her guts, and I think that people who are manipulative like that tend to have grown up in a tough situation where from a very early age, you had to handle everybody and you got a very much it's everyone for themselves attitude because maybe there weren't a lot of people around caring for you. Her father is a horrible person. I don't know a lot about her mother, but she seemed to be, in all her stories, she's with her father when she was a child. Did she live with him and not with her mother? All her stories seem to involve her being with her father and not her mother. I don't know whether she's letting her mother off the hook for something there or what happened. Do we know? Um, no, the only thing that I've seen is that, um, like with the previous marriage, um, and I've not heard this either from Megan or, or Doria because she doesn't talk to the media, but a family member saying that Thomas 
did everything he could to hide money from Doria, and he absolutely did because there is um, he oh, won, yes, he won the that, lotto, yes, and he gave it to a friend to hide it away so he didn't have to give Doria money for um, uh, looking after um, Megan for child support. So she obviously was with her mother at some point, but she. Mm, I did read a story where Doria had to go and work as an airline hostess um, to basically keep a roof over their heads. Um, But I think a lot of that time period is kept quiet and I know that anything about Megan's maternal family is kept quiet and they, they, they sit on it. It's the Markles who just have to, you know, spew out every five minutes and seek attention. Um, but, I mean, this whole thing about controlling the narrative, if hiring lawyers and threatening to sue Tatler if they don't take down sections of an interview isn't trying to control the narrative as well, I mean, that's, you know, William was quite happy to go guns blazing on a couple of uh, journalists. And if you are a person who is now responsible to have to fund their lifestyles, you've got to be very in control of the narrative that is around you because Harry and Meghan have a reputation that they have to maintain to do charitable works and to be considered, you know, for want of a better term, social influences. And I don't have any problems with them trying to set the record straight and, you know, control the narrative because it's certainly been no problem for the palace to control the narrative around what they wanted the story to be which you know they have have had journalists come out and say you know they've had stories on William and the palace would say hey well um if you don't print this one we'll give you two good stories about Meghan and Harry so there has been oh god yeah I mean that we've we've basically seen that in action quite a bit yeah and so this whole bit about well she's manipulative and she's wanting to control the media um I don't get American culture. I'm not American um, and I know that there are ways of communicating which we wouldn't take as offensive in Australia, but if you do them in America, like you have called people out. Um, So, for example, a friend of mine lives over there now, shout out to Sandy, and one of her um, staff was saying, oh, I, you know, I taught myself how to use this program on the weekend and she said, oh, did you use that... Did you learn that on the in-house program or did you go to the external drive and learn it from there? And everybody took this sharp intake of breath and she said, oh, well, you know, I learned it on the one that's on our, um, our drive here, but now you make me feel like an idiot. And she what? couldn't, I yeah, yeah. Understand. Well, apparently her saying that she knew two separate ways to access this system was her saying that she knew more than someone else or anyone else in the room and that she was smarter and it was put, you know, it was considered to be that she was putting someone else in a place. What she should have said was, oh, and where did you, how did you find that or what? where did you access that from? But to point out that she knew two separate locations was apparently considered bad form in America. And I can't get my head around that, but this is, my whole point about this is, um, there is a communication massive difference in how the English media works and the the US media works, and you know we call well uh, Americans call it hustling, where you know Megan's always networking, meeting people, talking about things, 
And it is about maintaining an image, maintaining their name and their brand, brand Sussex, and about something that you look at and you think that's got integrity, that looks at, you know, mental health, whatever. And you've got the UK media who just goes, you know, she's a slapper, she stole Harry, she's a manipulator. What do you do? I mean, it's something that you have to control. And I think I can understand why the English people were upset about her interview, but I don't think that trying to control the narrative about how you are presented and how what your reputation is, I think you've got to, if all you've got is your reputation, then you've got to control that somehow. So, um, yes, but, you know, maybe she did manipulate the conversation, but every conversation is manipulating. If you're trying to convince somebody to come across to your viewpoint, if, if, it, if it's obvious, yeah. it just means that she's not particularly good at managing, a, you know, doing her own PR. And, and she certainly has had PR people to manage all of that for her in the past. And if they're doing it themselves now, of course they're going to be clunky and clumsy with it. Um, anyway, I've hijacked that for long enough. <laughs> no, that's quite all right. And look, a lot of times you're talking about two different things. They're attacking the family and they're attacking the media are two different but things. But they really didn't attack the family. I mean, the, the whole point was painted. she painted them as racists. That didn't accidentally come out. That wasn't just a conclusion Oprah came to out of the blue. Did she name names? No, that's exactly that's exactly what they did, is make vague accusations. Look at the skin tone thing. Basically, she said what came out of that and what she got Prince Harry to say mm. was, look, somebody, I'm not saying who, mm. said something, I'm not saying what, mm. in regard to something that I'm also not telling you, but use your imagination, it was pretty bad. Mm. If that's their lead accusation, it's pretty fucking Well, rank. they... they she brought up a bit about the conversation and then Oprah asked Harry when he came in and he said, yes, I'm not going to give you the exact details, but that was brought up. And it's entirely possible that that was brought up on a number of occasions because and this is the thing, people go, oh, we've got you because he said it was here and she said it was there. And it's like, and the possibility is that both things happened. Both occasions, you know, it was talked about by, and it could have been two different people. Well, he was definitely talking about one conversation. He said it yeah. was... A single awkward conversation, and again, he said, the first thing he said was, that was right at the beginning. Yeah. So there was no child at that point. And was also, it right at the beginning or right at the beginning of the pregnancy? He said right at the beginning, and I took that to mean right at the beginning of the relationship and that there was no baby at that point. Mm. That's my reading of what he meant by that. But again, Oprah didn't really follow up on a lot. No. But... If that's the worst thing that... Ha they then turn around and say that everybody, the entire family was welcoming to Megan. They may have been welcoming. They were wonderful to her, but also they're racists. No, she never said that, you know, that they were racists. That was the intent. They may have been welcoming in the beginning, but they might have just thought, oh, well, she's not sticking around. And certainly, uh, you know, Dickie Arbiter again showing his um, brilliance and integrity as a royal reporter said she was just a plaything and she'd be soon gone. She wasn't marriage material. All right, well, this is going to be a 900-part series if we don't just plough through this thing. I'm on the first page. Oh, God. Again, she pin. I think she wants to pin her naivete going into the situation to this mantra that there was never a plan. Mm. As I've discussed before, she's a highly effective person who plans out everything, obviously, because she's highly intelligent, highly effective, and organised. But that doesn't she's mean... She's the kind of person who sends thank you notes and just... My instinct is that's the kind of person who doesn't go into anything without planning it. 
all of the royal family have to send thank you notes. It's part of the whole protocol thing. It's not the oh sure, but that's an office doing it. I'm saying uh, with Megan, that shows that she's a very detail oriented, organized person. Obviously, does that doesn't mean like they were planning on like the fact that they said that they didn't have a plan. Um, I can absolutely believe that because if they thought that Harry was still going to get his security and he was still going to get an allowance from Charles, they probably hadn't really thought it through. They probably went, oh, well, we'll no, just say... it seems say- like they thought nothing through, which is really weird when you get to a point and go, you're, once you're a parent, hmm. isn't it beholden upon you to have some sort of plan? What, were they going to go live under a bridge? Like, it's kind of bizarre. You know all the same parents I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know, but, but really, no. I mean, you have... they. I just keep coming back to they had to have had some sort of plan. It doesn't Nobody, look it when you see I mean, how they behaved. It certainly doesn't no, look I, it. I know, but how do you, as a couple, never speculate or bring up or discuss in any way your future beyond tomorrow? That's having no plan. No. They said in that interview that they had planned, they'd signed on to do that and they weren't planning on going anywhere. They Oh, so they did have a plan when they had no need for a plan. But when they were leaving for the family to go where we don't know, we have no plan, to do what we don't know, we have no plan, that just fundamentally doesn't make sense. Well, they said, though, they said in the thing that they were looking first off at either Canada and they named another... Country. New Zealand. Yeah, no, no, other than New Zealand, because New Zealand was one of them. I feel like Canada. they said Canada, New Zealand, and then they, I think Megan, oh no, Harry said Commonwealth country. Yeah, yeah. So they had a thought that if they could travel, that they would pick one of those places and go and live there and represent the Commonwealth. And then Harry said, and then COVID came and knew we knew we were going to be locked down and we didn't know, you know, um, if we were going to be able to get back across the border. So I think, I honestly think that they had a plan to stay in Canada, um, but financial things fell through big time. Um, I think they were probably planning on Harry still having his money and his or his allowance and still having protection um, and being in Canada and suddenly going, oh, fuck, we're going to be really screwed. And he did say, like, we knew we weren't going to be able to travel. So going across to America. Um, and the thing is, they didn't tell us where they were staying in Canada, nor should they. Like, they may have had plans in Canada that weren't going to work out for one reason or another. And they yeah, didn't mention that. And they shouldn't have to tell us that. And as he said, um, you know, they didn't know what was going to happen. But, I mean, they stayed and they didn't mention him and, and uh, I can understand why. They stayed with um, Tyler Perry and he provided them security and all of that. Oh, sorry, they did mention him. They did mention him. Mm. But... Because they're leaving with no plan to keep their children safe. But apparently the person, uh, it was Jason Knopf who leaked where they moved to, gave the address to the media where they actually bought that house. He leaked it. So that's pretty bad. It's very bad. And this is the whole thing about, you know, that whole press office working against them. Now, Harry did reference the security. That was some, that was the thing that he seemed the most angry about. Mm. And again, I've talked about how entitled he came off boohooing about having to pay for his own security for them. But he would have thought, and this is the thing I don't get why it you was don't the get the very it. first thing that occurred to me was, 
housing that they're going to need their own security if they're leaving the family. That yeah. would be the very first thing I would think of and ask about. But he would have thought, and rightly so, with an estate that is as, as massive as the duchy um, and that he had had his security his entire life being the son of a future monarch um, and when they were talking about him marrying Meghan and them saying, well, she should stay working as an actress so she, you can um, pay for her security, that he understood that he was still going to get his security. Like, they never had this conversation with him. They never said to him, your security is contingent on the fact of you staying in this country. What were the conversations about? Because... Well, obviously they never told him they were going to take his security away because he was so shocked and angry about and, it. And, and, and I've said it before, but he's, you know... Let's say I'll, I'll, I accept that that was it never occurred to him and it was never discussed because when Oprah says you blindsided the Queen, mm. Harry says it, then Meghan says it, and then a bit later on they both repeat it again that when they left that was after two years of conversations mm. about them leaving. They'd only been married for ten months at that point, so them leaving, if there were two years of conversations before it, Getting him out of the family must have started the day she fucking met him, basically. Unless their no, maybe they meant two. Right. Unless they meant two years from that date that they were giving the interview that they'd because they were still having ongoing conversations. That's with still incredibly early, then, isn't it? Well, I think if you get to the point that your pregnant wife is being harassed on a daily basis and they've got drones over your house trying to photograph where the nursery is to tip off everyone. It didn't um, take her very long to convince him that he was trapped in his life and that they should leave in that case. Well. Did it? I mean, that's that's what he said. He never, not only didn't he realise he was trapped, yeah. without Megan, he never would have realised. And if you're going to say that him saying, I didn't, re that someone having a partner who says, I she made me realise that I was unhappy when I didn't know that I was unhappy. No, he you kn know that's problematic. No, he's, you know he that. has said, he has said, as I said to you last week, which you have conveniently forgotten, there's at least two media interviews he's given prior to ever meeting Meghan where he said that he hated Britain, he didn't want to live there, and it was he was very unhappy there. And he said, you know, I'm happiest in Africa, away from the media, I, I don't really enjoy London. Or and why is he saying Meghan made him realise it and that he would never well, would have left without her? Maybe he forgot that that was going on or maybe, you know, people aren't perfect. We don't have 100% perfect memories. We can't remember that we've said sure. something. He might look back now and go, well, you know, I'll give her credit or whatever. And people have read it as, oh, she's saying it's terrible, whatever. But she was forming deep, connections with people in London from the moment that she got in there. It didn't strike me that she was looking for a way out of there. She was, you know, getting involved in, you know, not particularly glamorous causes like, you know, getting involved with um, the Muslim cooking com um, community at the Grenfell Tower and helping. Oh, there was another boost in the sale of her book and she uh, donated yes. £10,000 or something? Yes, yes, okay. to another charity. So um, that... You know, getting involved in these conversations with unemployed women in poor, from poor backgrounds. So things that, you know, she wanted to develop a relationship and stay and try to make things better in that country. Like, I don't think she went in there with this idea of, like, I'm just going to loll her out for 10, 10 months and get the hell out of Dodge. You know, she was working hard. She was showing up to all her patronages. And, and keep 
I keep trying to piece together the timeline. And they both said more than once that there was two years of discussions leading up to them leaving. Mm. And I was like, well, has discussions she been on the scene for two years before hang on. they left? Discussions leading up to them leaving. That doesn't mean they were saying they were leaving. That was meaning that they were trying to have discussions about getting the media to back off because sure, from no, the get-go, no, I, yeah, I'll accept that. they were absolutely shocking. And I think this is the thing. People are combing over this with a fine-tooth comb. And honest to God, I can't remember something I said a year ago, let alone four years ago. Um, and your memories are filtered through a prism well, I mean, you of have what's a drinking problem. That's not – don't compare yourself <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, I have a drinking problem. There's no fucking booze in this house I'm and sorry. my throat is dry. Oh, we haven't even got water. Do you want to get a, have a break and have some water? Yes, I would. Right, <laughs> I noticed that um, Samantha Margle's trying to take credit for the letter um, that Megan wrote at 11, um, calling, saying Harry is five years old developmentally. and stuff. He is very immature. Is he? Why do you say that? Because he's he's unsure of what he's saying. He does a lot of appeals for approval. He's looking for approval to women. I think that he's still very stunted from the death of his mother, which is a very common thing of anyone. What do you mean he's looking for appeals for approval? Give me an example. Um, he would say, we tried to get help, right? And we did what we thought we should do. Huh? He just does... He did Topra and he was doing it to her too. And it might just be a mother figure issue. But he was one of those things. There's just certain, I'm afraid to say, body language. Oh, by the way. Oh, I've got a woman here who's done the body language reading and has come up with a completely different thing from yours, so... Well, I... Let's just address uh, the backlash to your comments last week <laughs> about body language. Backlash. I received a message from a number of listener. Yeah. <laughs> One is a number. And she said her husband is an evolutionary psychologist who works in a behavioral science unit at Flowers by Irene. <laughs> and oh, that sounds reliable. She said that they very much are body language experts and that the guys on the behavior panel, according to her husband, are pretty on the money with their observations. So why there aren't are things... they employed in a regular job and having to do side gigs on YouTube if they're any good? Ah, because they're sharing their joy of body language with people and also they're flogging their best-selling books and uh -huh. tours that they do. Okay. There are things that are generally true of someone when they lie. And there's physiological things and things that are just an evolutionary imperative that you can't mask. Lie detectors do work. But you can, if you know how they work, you can override them too. And the guys on the behaviour panel, the video which you, I absolutely didn't watch. I didn't watch. Hmm. No, no, no. Listen! <laughs> no, why? Why would you want to watch something before judging it? How dare you? But anyway, our listener, I mean... Obviously, if a one random stranger on the internet is agreeing with me, <laughs> I accept your apology. Oh, lordy. So just to draw a line under this plan thing, I just keep going around where I'm going. Two years of discussions about them leaving. No, no, no. Two years of discussion about... Leading, leading up to it. Well, their leading point up is, to it, yeah. Their point, if you're their fan, you're agreeing with them 
that the Queen wasn't blindsided, there was a lot of talk coming up to them leaving. Yep. If talk coming up to them leaving left with them having no idea about the security going to be cut off and no idea where they would go or what they would do, what the fuck were these discussions about? I think... And I'm not meaning to be argumentative. I'm no, serious. Like, yeah, of course you're meaning to be stuff, argumentative. No, that stuff had to have all been all hashed right. out. That's okay. what the this very is, discussion This is what be. I think. Okay. They were asking for some sort of intervention to get the media off them, and I think that's sure. fair. I absolutely think that that discussion went on and on and on. Um, I think that they absolutely could have gone on and had that discussion for quite a while. There was a lot of discussion being fed through the Kensington Palace. We know that Jason Knopf was briefing against her. We know that. That's in the court documents now. Um, So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that the stories that Kate was looking at places in Africa to send Meghan and Harry to get them out of the way was a, you know, back off or back down kind of thing. Um, I think that they did try many different ways to have a conversation about, well, we don't want to work with the media. And Harry did say um, on a couple of occasions that Megan had said, look, wouldn't we just be better off working with them? Like, wouldn't we just be better off giving them what they want? And Harry was the one who was stubborn. And I will grant you that he is being driven by the death of his mother and I think that he has every right to act the way that he wants to act with regards to media. He doesn't have to sell his life. Just because he's born into that system, he doesn't have to follow it. He doesn't have to support it. He doesn't have to give his life or his child's life over to the media. He doesn't. They basically told him, well, this is what you have to do for your money. And he said, all right, shove your money. We'll just do the work for nothing. And they didn't like that because that meant that he wouldn't give up the media access and he'd still be doing the same role and and naturally Kensington Palace freaked out about that because that meant all of them would be challenged about having to work and being profitable or that it would set an example that they weren't prepared to be um, play ball with the media. But I don't think the conversation ever really got up to about well, we're going to leave if you don't give us these things. I think they went away on a holiday and went, because they were gone for a long time, and they're just going, we just can't keep exposing our kid to this. And it's not changing, it's getting worse. And I think six weeks away, wherever they went and wherever they were hiding out, they got to have a, a thing where they went, okay, we're not going back to that. And the fact that whatever that nanny, the night nanny did, that was so bad she had to be sacked on the spot. Took a photo, I'm saying. Well, I mean, that's the best thing that could It'd be happened. worth a million dollars. Yeah. It would be... Whatever she did... It didn't occur did, to me, but it would be tempting. Yeah, and she was one of Jason Jason Knopf's picks. She was a friend of his. Oh, yes, she was. Um, so whatever she did was so heinous that they sacked her on the spot and that would have been a, a kicker thinking... We're never going to be safe in this country because even our, you know, the media team that we appoint to look after us is selling us out. So, well, that's where I'm a little bit confused. Mm -hmm. Have you laid another trap for me? No, 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 but sort of. They talk about having to leave the country, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, Megan says we wanted the kind of role that already exists. Yeah, for other members of the royal family. Not to reinvent the wheel. Mm. 
if they wanted to take a Prince Michael of Kent type role, mm. basically all that means is doing less engagements. If you're still going to live at the palace, no. Uh, well, what's the difference? And, and make they, your own private money. Yes. My point being, they, they were stressing that because of the press, they would have to leave the country. But then this is a completely different scenario that no, they're no, offering. No, no, no. They, they first off said, this is what we were looking at doing. And they were told, you can't do this. So they weren't given an option of stepping back like Prince Michael. For whatever reason, they were told they weren't going to be able to do that because they didn't want to be senior royals if that meant having to deal sure. with the media. So they said, all right, well, we'll step back. And they actually said, we'll live in the palace area like other members of the royal family do, but we'll take on engagements, but we'll do other things, which is, seems entirely reasonable, but they were told they couldn't do that. Sure. My only point about that is, much like what they've done anyway going to America, if the main problem is the viciousness and the racism of the press... That wouldn't have changed anything. I mean, what they've done hasn't really changed that. They're still under yes, constant attack from the press. But what I think, and they haven't said, was that the palace, well, they did say it, I guess, but they wanted the palace to step up and do something about it. And the palace have shown time and time again that they're prepared to run interference on certain stories. But the thing is that when you know the leak is actually coming from inside Kensington Palace, I mean... Oh, the call's coming from inside the building. Yeah, I think yeah, we yeah. And then, you know, so that's why they had to leave because they've got to go to a place where those people can't get to them. And, the, you know, the fact that Harry's been working at that um, Better Up or whatever it's called uh, for two weeks and no one knew, or two weeks or two months, and no one knew... Uh, for a while anyway. And it hasn't been leaked. Just shows you. Speaking of Harry as a mental health advocate... Right. Mm. Harry famously has had therapy. He's talked about it several times, and I non-ironically applaud him for that. Mm. He has done great work in mental health, highlighting that he's sought help, got help, used help, and it's made his life better, and that there shouldn't be a stigma attached to it. Mm -hmm. He's urged other people to get help. Mm Mm-hmm. He was obviously able to get help. He's talked about it several times. Mm-hmm. How was he not able to get help for his own wife? Um, they said, this is the, the thing that, again, has been highlighted on the internet. She wanted to go somewhere and actually get full treatment, which meant that she was probably having some serious, well, she was having serious issues, but there are forms of, suicidal ideation that comes with pregnancy that cannot be treated at home. And she was saying, is there somewhere I can go? I just need to go somewhere and get treatment. And they weren't going to do that because it was a bad look. Um, And she couldn't get anyone to run interference for her to be able to do that. So it must have been serious if she thought that, you know, just a visit with somebody wasn't going to help. And this is the thing. When the sudden onset of that sort of stuff happens and you realise that, you know, when I was in that situation and I had to, you know, I went to a day clinic and I said, I need help. And they went, we can give you a referral to a therapist. And I went, no, 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 I need to be somewhere. And they went, 
okay, we get what you're saying and they went looking for me. But to sort of to have that situation where you try to ask for that kind of help and you're told you can't go and do it because it's a bad look for the family, when a certain member, other member of the royal family has been getting treatment for her eating disorder through the hospitals and they've been masking it as hospital visits to check on people, they can obviously find ways around I'm this. wondering why they couldn't. I mean, they've got the resources. They could get a specialist in-house. There would have been a way to do it. If it was anyone else, you'd say you have to go somewhere. This isn't something yeah. that someone, a doctor's going to come and full-time do to you at your house. They could have done that for her, right? They could have, and this is the thing that... People go, oh, they've got all this money. Yes, they've got all that money because they don't spend any of it. Oh, sure. They, no, absolutely. Th- this is the queen is, of uh, you know, using every legal loophole under the um Oh, it's someone's job to find them, of course. Yeah. To find them, to get somebody else or the taxpayers to pay for the heating in Buckingham Palace, to do restorations, to do things. They don't spend money. That's how come they're billionaires. They don't go, oh, you know... Yes, of course, we can put you into a hospital. We can get a private, you know, person to do this. They don't. They just go, walk it off. You have to deal with this. It's going to get a lot worse than this. When none of them, you know, obviously have had to deal with being a foreigner walking into a country and being pregnant and being told that there are people out there saying they're going to stab your stomach to prove that you're not pregnant. Yes. I mean, it's it's psychotic la-la land. And He didn't... Why didn't he ask his family for help? We don't know that he didn't. He said he didn't. Didn't he? Oh, well, he did say that he Oprah was ashamed. Um, he was too ashamed and that is not a conversation that would be had. So mm. when people talk about William and Kate not helping Megan, they were never told. Mm. They never had any idea she was in this trouble. Mm. And the idea that Kate as a sister-in-law is supposed to either guess this or imagine going up to someone saying, look, I can tell by looking at you that you need mental help. Mm. Of course they didn't help. They didn't they were never told. Mm. Why would why wouldn't he he didn't give them an opportunity to help. Mind you, they also didn't go and visit the baby for more than a week after the baby was born. Oh well the listen, the rift between the brothers was mm. well and truly set at that point. Yeah. No, I think... Um, and there yeah. was an attitude from the family as Harry and I believe it that was basically look, we've all been through it in terms of being negative brunt of press. Yeah. And Camilla was in a comparable situation and the way that it's not the same thing is mm. what we know and what Harry said was the difference was the race element. Mm. That made it so much more vicious, so much more horrible mm. and indefensible, as I've said many times. Totally agree, 100% agree. When Meghan had a letter signed by 70 members of the parliament decrying the way she was being treated, mm. first you say, why wouldn't the family do anything? Mm. And then Harry basically explains it. He says that they're frightened of the tabloids mm. and that they basically feel that they exist on the largesse of the tabloids. And Prince William is obviously one of those who falls into that, what Harry called the invisible contract, which wouldn't be a phrase he came up with, so it's a very real thing. Why do you say it's not a... I'm sure that's what they call it. Mm. And I don't. that seemed like a very poetic thing for Harry to come up with because, again, I'm not trying to be funny. He's no genius. I don't know why people keep saying he's not a genius. Or... Look, I'm not attacking him on a caddy level, but let's get to his well, looks. Not... <laughs> Prince Harry is not attractive. Oh, and this, away he's with the you. attractive brother... And maybe this is true of everybody, but when you actually look at him for an extended period of time, 
Nothing on his face matches anything else on his face. He's got a Mr. Potato Head syndrome. Your taste. Number one, the ears are coming in a treat. Why are we? They weren't there early, but they're coming in now. Why are He's we gonna attacking? He's going to be a bad kind of bald in two weeks' time. So why are we attacking him on his looks? How is that relevant to it's anything? Not. Well, then move along. I can't believe that we're out of time. And honestly, this just <laughs> I don't want to keep going on and on about this pair. But there's... No, I don't want to keep talking about this fucking interview either. Oh, my God. I will just say I have remained consistent in my views from the day one about Meghan and Harry. You are the one who's gone, I, Of course, oh. because I listened to you. I got, you got into my ear with the, maybe she didn't put this in his head. Maybe she isn't controlling but him. And now flipped. we've seen him say it, he said it, and he, you it came out of his own mouth. Flop. You have flipped Of course, because you convinced me. You went, you don't know that she convinced him to leave. Maybe but he every- was always going to do this. And I was like, do you know what, Kate? You're attacking me for being reasonable. <laughs> you go... Yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. And then you go and chase some rabbit hole down the internet, some crazy guys who are not so successful at their body language work that they can get full-time you work out of You are ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they were any good, they would be on the payroll at the FBI and earning a moxa. They are. Well, then why are they doing these little tiny things on YouTube? They're not tiny things. It's one of the largest channels on YouTube and they'd be making millions of dollars out of it. That's why they're doing it. No one makes millions of dollars off YouTube anymore. Uh, Yeah, no, no, they do. If you are a legitimate advertiser, some of those YouTubers got hit by the apocalypse. Mm. But there's plenty of genuine channels. If you're considered something that now we've, honestly. (laughs) I can't. Right. You're never going to like her. No, 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 I don't believe her. And the funny thing is, I don't hate her guts. I still, you would think that I would really dislike her, and I actually don't. Mm. But she is full of it. And you were saying what what was an indication of the narcissism, and a few people point this out, which is one mark that they always have is that they ne- that they never have any regrets. Oprah asked them both if they, if they had any regrets, and Harry mm. instantly said no. Mm. everybody wishes they'd handled something better if they're not a raging narcissist. Mm. But in their world, and again, I well, understand the press that? thing is horrible. Who says that as a qualification? I've known narcissists and they have had regrets. They've said things, oh, I wish I'd, you know, I wish I hadn't gone down this path. I wish I'd done this instead. No, it's not 100%. Like it's not, it's not a scientific axiom, but it is telling of someone who is 100% the victim is 100% right, everyone else is 100% wrong, they're the aggrieved party in everything. Megan's just this innocent victim of circumstance at all times. And um, I, I've run out of steam, but... Oh, I doubt it. They, you know, uh, oh, and the backhanded thing where she goes, oh, actually, I do have one regret. I regret believing them when they said they'd protect me. Christ almighty. Jesus, talk about manipulative. (sighs) Honest to God, I think if she pulled a child out from underneath a bus, you'd find some way to make that that she's a narcissist and she lied. if (laughs) If they had just gone in on the press for being racist against her and not attacked the family with vague accusations, I would be cheering her on now. They know, Jason. I would be cheering her on now. They know that Jason Nalf threw them under the bus he collaborated with their, with her father, with the press. They know that. They know that he did that with William's approval because William's now put him in charge of the Cambridge charity. 
They know the family's thrown them to the wolves. Right, this is it with this interview. We can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> because this isn't the end. She's just going to do something else. I mean, look at the Gail King leak. I mean, it's just going to be... It was leak. Thing. See, they spoke to her. She rang up, like, honey, it was a private family conversation that the Queen asked them to keep private. And the second it was over, she speed-dialed Gail King and told her it went badly. And somehow it also managed to get leaked to the um, the media, the British tabloids. Yeah, that also shouldn't have happened. Yeah, but that's another example of a thing that you're shouldn't saying have happened. that I shouldn't counter. Oh well, this is yeah, they've done this as well. If that comp- if that firm is not actually going to stop leaking, and actually demonstrate that they're going to stop leaking, and they're not going to, they will. That's no, they also have fucking little to do to be making the situation worse. So you know, Gail would have had said. Before that went into the media, she would have heard from somebody in the British tabloids and she rang Megan for or Harry for a comment. I mean, but, I mean, leak, um, she rang Gail King. Gail's not ringing them saying, did you just have a private conversation with Prince William and how did it go? I just had a feeling about it. No, but she would have been contacted by somebody. She, I mean, Gail is not on her own. She would be scanning the media. She would know what was coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Oprah or somebody would have said, hey... British media were hearing there's a leak coming out that um, they've been talking to, you know, Harry and William and trying to sort this out. I can see both sides leaked. Mm. Both sides have little to do, but we're talking about her because we know she definitely did it. So what? She cut off her entire family because they discussed things in the media. No, she didn't. And it's made me start to wonder with her and this sister, Samantha, maybe they don't get on because they're a little more alike than you think. Don't even go there. Samantha is a catch you next Tuesday. She's uh, an evil. I mean, she's not as she's not as good at it. But who's leaking to who? No one's got any high road there. But and Samantha's also lying and, and inventing stuff that never happened. Maybe the apple doesn't fall far from the other apple. Oh, lordy! It's the news. <laughs> Kate's going to punch Joe in the face. Quite possibly. Daily Mail by Sarah Vine. Oh, God. If Meghan Markle was wrong about the wedding, how can we believe anything else in her Oprah interview? They, The thing they seem to have jumped on is that she lied about the wedding. No, she didn't. I will now render my verdict. Mm. No, she didn't. Mm. What she, I thought, took from what she said was that they had private vows with the Archbishop in the garden. Mm. And then obviously at the quote-unquote real wedding, they signed the paperwork. Yeah. I didn't realise... I don't think... I That made a thing out of nothing with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. This is the thing. I didn't realise, talking to a lot of my American Twitter friends, this is a very common practice in America. Apparently... A lot of Americans do like a small thing where they exchange vows before the major big day. And there were women on there talking about how that they'd done a registry office thing, uh, especially particularly in um, black African families. They do a, a registry office in whatever town they're living in in America or they do um, some sort of exchange of vows and then they do um, – 
one or two weddings overseas for the other family members. So not necessarily all of them are binding and there are marriages that are performed overseas and Bali is one of those places where it's not always recognised legally. So there are lots of exchange of vows, wedding vows, that sort of thing, that depending on where you are may or may not be legal. And it's so ridiculous that this is the thing, what they're essentially saying is, oh, well, we shouldn't have had to pay for your wedding. There's no reason that they couldn't have had six of those sorts of ceremonies around the place with small numbers of people. It was they wanted something that was meaningful to them and small and yes, intimate. Yes, and she didn't lie. And what I took from it were that she was saying was what happened. Yeah, and there's people commenting on it. Oh, well, no, this, this isn't, she's confused. She didn't do this. She said straight up there was only the three of them there. Like no, these people weren't there. It happened. And as I say, I am fair and... Not guilty. Okay. Not guilty by reason of why we're blowing that out of proportion. Mm. Out of all the shit she said, that's not even worth talking about. No, well, the, the reason that they're blowing it out of proportion is they now want to come after them for the wedding money because they're saying, well, if you were already oh, legally they want married, them to pay They back. want them to pay back the wedding. Well, I mean, they're now insanely wealthy. They shouldn't have to fucking pay back that wedding. That generated over a billion dollars worth of revenue for the tourism in England. Most that, people have to pay for their weddings. My, and no royal members of the royal family have to pay for theirs. If they're going to insist that they be done in a certain way, the fucking government and taxpayers Oh, yeah, well, what about it. I don't care? Yeah. I go. couldn't care less. The Express. Right. It is deceit, not inaccuracy. Megan attacked by sister over Fantasyland claims. Oh, dear. Meghan Markle's half-sister, Samantha Markle, has attacked the Duchess and has accused her of deceiving the public following claims made in her Oprah interview. Now, this was in the interview after the interview where they touched upon oh, so Samantha. Samantha, whose actual name is Yvonne Marie Grant. And Grant is a made-up name. It's not actually a husband's name. So if we're going to go into fantasy lands here, go on, we just... We'll see the, the calibre of the person who's making these claims. Meghan Markle's half-sister, Samantha Markle, has accused the Duchess of Sussex of being deceitful and misleading the public. While speaking on the Drive radio show, Samantha rubbish claims by the Duchess on when she changed her name and when she last saw Meghan. During the interview, the Duchess of Sussex claimed she had not seen her half-sister in over 19 years and that she changed her name only after she began dating Prince Harry. Mm -hmm. However... Samantha argued that there is photo evidence of the pair together in 2008 and that her degree shows that her name was already changed prior to her half-sister even meeting the Duke of Sussex. Do you want me to rebut this? Uh, you can fully bot them. <laughs> so, um... She did change her name back to Markle before Meghan... No, I've, I've got an article that was printed by the Daily Mail when they did the full rundown of the family and they actually went out and interviewed people. Um, what's her name? Uh, Rosalind Loveless, uh, Nee Markle, or Markle Nee Loveless. So uh, Samantha's actual mother said in this interview, word for word that she gave, and they, they spoke to um, all the family members and went around and had a chat to everybody, that Samantha had changed her name only after. And so this is... Rosalind actually said to the newspapers she only changed her name when um, Megan started dating Harry 
That was from Roslyn. That and that's a, right because Samantha has rebuked these claims. I know. And argued it was clear the Duchess was not telling the truth. She said, after watching the Oprah interview, I am fine because I deal in the truth. <laughs> she of the made-up university degrees. I, well, yeah, because is her name Markle on that degree? I remember there seemed to be some shenanigans with the photo of those yeah, degrees, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, She said that she changed her name back in 2006 or something and then produced a uh, master's that she supposedly got in 2004, which had Samantha Markle on it. And I've actually discovered the website you can go to and get a print-off of University of New England, uh, sorry, New, of New Mexico, um, uh, you can get a print-off, like a fake print-off of a master's degree. And I've gone through through my capacity and, and access to national international databases. She said she wrote two master's theses and – I've gone through the databases under every version of her, her name, which I have got from the police records. Um, so her, <laughs> oh my no, God. well, she's got a, a rap sheet like you would not believe. Um, she's had four surnames and a number of uh, first names, and I've gone and checked under all of those combinations. She has never had anything published in a university um, that she claims the masters. And about two or three years ago, when I was on. Um, uh, Twitter under my original name. Um, one of the people there from the University of New Mexico went through the database and said she was never a student here. So if anybody's dealing in the truth here, it ain't Samantha. Well, listen, Catherine, if that is your real name. <laughs> it is. Unless you want me to use your birth name. <laughs> Satan <laughs> doesn't fit well on all. Fifi Von Snatch. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now, Samantha trots out these really bad black and white photocopies that are supposedly her degrees. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't argue with evidence. I know. Well, hard it turns out you can. Yeah. Town and Country magazine. Mm. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have made some staffing changes at their non-profit Archwell. Yes. Well, she screamed another director out of the building at Archwell. My God, they are burning through people. This one lasted, what, eight months? And I love when people quit, they are transitioning to a uh, consultative role. No, she quit. No, she's still with them. If mm -hmm. you read that, oh, you fell for that as well. Mm -hmm. She didn't. She is still at the organisation. She didn't quit. This is the thing. She, would, she made a statement saying that she was staying on in a consultative role, but she was doing other things as well. Shiny. You go and have a look. The actual person put it on her Twitter thing saying that no, she wasn't quitting and didn't understand why Camel Toe, I mean, Camilla Timoni, whatever her name is, evil alcoholic. She is. She's got it on her, on her Twitter thing that but she's, she's a an evil alcoholic. Is that no, no, no. She's thing? a recovering alcoholic. Uh, but well, she is let's evil. Attack her for that. <laughs> no, she is evil. She is dreadful towards Harry and Meghan and she makes up shitty little lies, and she was saying, oh, you know, they've chased off another staff member and everybody kept calling her out on it. She goes, well, I mean, transitioning to another role is still leaving. She's leaving the role. She's not leaving Archwell, though. 
That's the whole thing you're trying to make to Sally. She's just doing a, you know, staying I on her guitar. I just report the facts. No, you don't. You're doing Camilla Tone to, to Marnie, and I'm going to start calling you Camel Toe too. Be factual in your reporting. BBC. Hmm. Piers Morgan's Megan comments break Ofcom complaints record. Piers Morgan's comments about the Duchess of Sussex on Good Morning Britain have attracted a record 57,000 complaints. <laughs> on 9th March, Morgan said he didn't believe a word Megan had said and left the ITV program later that day. Oh, yes. Poor me. You know, he's screaming and carrying on that Megan couldn't put up with it for four years and he couldn't even stand up for two minutes, you know, one of his consultants talking to him. Morgan responded on Twitter, only 57,000. I've had more people than that come up to me and congratulate me in the street for what I said. The vast majority of Britons are right behind me. It must be tough for him to get to the shops for a loaf of bread when he's being approached by 57,000 people in the street congratulating him. I think he's he's so uh, so stupid now. He takes, hey, Piers, you're a total twat as an as a encouragement. Poor Piers. He's, no. he's a sick stalker and I'm glad he's gone. I'm not glad he's gone. The guy's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Yes, because you're a bloke and you haven't been stalked. I I actually have been stalked. I'm more attractive than you think. <laughs> Just because I was hiding in your closet doesn't mean I was stalking. I will grant you wearing your underpants and reading your mail wasn't a bright move. <laughs> Why did I picture that? <laughs> Don't even wear Y-fronts. Morgan later conceded it was not for me to question if she felt suicidal, but has defended his right to be allowed to have an opinion. Can people not even have the worst opinions on earth anymore? He can have them, but he didn't stand around and defend it. He, he, the minute someone challenged him, he walked off. No one threw him out. He walked off and then took himself off the show. Listen, just because someone flounces out and I don't even know what to Yeah, say. it's like he, he's carrying on like he's the victim. He didn't yes. even stick around to defend himself, so like... What's he whinging about? Basically everything. Oh, yeah, sorry, that's right, yeah, everything. Well, we've absolutely failed at the length of this show. <laughs> I don't need, I never do we have wanna, a link? We're not going to mention Oprah or that interview ever again. This sounds like a lead-up. No, it isn't. I'm okay. Actually, I'm completely sick of it. Okay. So, in conclusion, Your Honour, Australian Women's Weekly, hard-hitting, as always. This is the name fans are convinced Meghan and Harry will name their baby daughter. And what did they say, of course? Diana. Diana. Philippa? Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan had virtually every single royal fan in the world sitting up and taking notice when they announced that their second child was on the way, and now they revealed the gender, a girl. Which I think is wrong. What? Well, I don't think we should be defining anyone's gender for them, darling. (laughs) I think those parties are... Heteronormative. And, I, th- I think and we should be doing it in the traditional way by blowing something up and killing an immediate member of the family. Yes. That seems to be the way to do it these days. Right, you want to wick a man Prince Andrew as a celebration? Well, it couldn't hurt. No one's going to complain. Diana has skyrocketed five to one in the odds for the baby name. Mm. I don't know how they come to the other names, though. Like, it could literally be anything. What have they come up with? One that's right up the list and was top of the list when we didn't know the sex of Archie was Allegra. Oh, I know Spencer is one that they keep 
putting I forward. think that would be a great idea. Yeah, because some of the Sussex squad have oh, said that Spencer as well. Spencer as a, a girl, a girl Oh, named yeah, Spencer, yeah, yeah. I guess. Wasn't that yeah. Gossip Girl? Didn't that have a Spencer in it? Well, maybe. One of those things. Pretty Little Liars. Um, we should be asking our, um, our youth media representative outside. Um, no, I want Sonequa because she's that cool chick from um, Star Trek uh, Discovery. She's the lead. Sonequa. Is that how you say it? I've only yeah. seen it written on the credits yeah, yeah, yeah. of the show. I've never sort of well, rationalised Well, we, we will absolutely it. be told that I've pronounced it wrong and I stand to be corrected on that one. I'll listen to you, dear listeners. So Allegra's still in there at 11 to 1. Mm-hmm. But close behind at 12 to 1 is Isabella. Oh, well, that's Elizabeth in because, another language. Yes, it's Spanish. A, it's a, I think it's the Italian and the Spanish. Okay. Is, is some form of Isabella, Isabella. Mm. So that would be a subtle tribute to the Queen that wouldn't be too bad. Mm. Well, Philip's been taken now by... Is it Eugenie has taken Philip as the second name for their baby? No, Zara just has with the new oh, baby. Oh, okay, yeah, I knew one of them had, so... I feel like someone else... Well, plenty... Well, everyone's got Philip in their name. Charles has, and... Mm. But they've, you know, that generation, they've all got four names, so they're mm. named after bloody everybody. A lot of A names, like they're going to keep that as the scheme. So mm. there was Alice in there would be good, good mm. royal name. Abigail, I'm not sure. That's not bad. That's what I'm Abigail Mountbatten, Windsor. Alice Mountbatten, yeah. Windsor sounds good. Apart from that, I'm drawing a blank on what else it could be. Well, Archie would never have come up in anybody's. No. Mm. Archie Harrison, isn't it? Or Archie, Harry's son. Harry's son, yeah. yeah. Margot? Margaret, maybe? Margot after um, the arts? Margaret wouldn't be too bad. Sheila. Randy? Randy Sheila. <laughs> Say goodbye, Katie. <laughs> goodbye, Katie. You <laughs> very much for supporting the podcast subscribe to the podcast on itunes spotify or google podcasts please rate and review us on itunes and to subscribe to the podcast or join our patreon and hear those shows or to follow us on social media all the links are on royalgossippodcast.com see you next time